0: Every great dream begins with dreamers. Tom and Steve are strangers in a strange land. Join them on the journey from ignorance to knowledge. One book
1: at a time. One chapter at a time. All aboard the Blunderground Railroad.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Bunderground Railroad. My name is Tom Smith and my partner in crime, Stephen Hunt. How you doing? We are back, Notes from Underground. This is part two, chapter number four. You know, this is a this is such a great chapter because it's this is the first time that we get to see the underground man as an actual person.
1: Yeah, there's a narrative. Finally, I, I know, right?
0: Like a narrative, right? I mean, uh, uh, so chapter four doesn't it start a, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Yeah,
1: so, so right, something
0: like that. It was a dark and stormy night.
1: It was that was a lot of thoughts to get where we're at. <laughs> it was a lot,
0: and uh, so we've gotten to see we've gotten to see the avalanche from one particular point of view. Uh, and that might be from the top of the mountain going down. Now we get to see it from the opposite end. We get to see it from the the bottom to the top. You know, we get to see the underground man with his friends doing real things and having a real situation.
1: Yeah, uh, almost. <laughs> so, <laughs> as real as
0: it gets for him. Boy, I guess so here. So what would be, uh, I guess to start us off here, so... Rather than just to, to recap all of the parts, which I think you could say are rather cringy, which part for you would you th- would you consider it to be the most cringy? What's the most cringy part of the entire chapter?
1: Well, this is fun. There was a lot to choose from. Uh, quite a few. <laughs> quite a bit. Quite a bit. I'm going to go with the very last sentence in the entire chapter. The, the last one. The very last. Very sentence. last sentence. Yeah. yeah, because he goes through all this humiliation ridiculousness, all this I should have left by now Yeah. to any reasonable person, and he still says, I'm going there, exclamation point. Right. Either they shall all go down on their knees to beg for my friendship or I will give Zerkov a slap in the face. So, like, you almost made it to manhood in that statement, and you're still being pathetic, but then you're gonna slap him? Like, you haven't finally just totally snapped or you're gonna punch him. You're gonna, you're gonna Will Smith the dude. I, I was like, so what after is, the slap cring- versus a punch? Okay, that that just, I don't know. That was like the exclamation point on the cringe, because you still want to go with them, and then we know how we got there, to be able to go with them. Sure, yeah, you know, right. Like, you go to this fancy place, broke as a joke. All these people who you're trying to impress. Right. You wind up talking about your salary. You think like. You've been humiliated throughout the entire night, right? Pretty much, yeah. Many chances to leave where you've been totally ignored. Mm-hmm. You, you could have just slipped away. Not even the the waiter who you were like worried about looking at you <laughs> sideways. Like, what is this? This guy standing out, you know, like a sore thumb. You could have slipped away into anonymity, and instead yeah. you chose to further your own pain. Right. This this guy can't get enough. Right? You know there is like the, There is like this uh, this.
0: I would say underground I say underneath there's like this current of masochism right like like wounding himself and and kind of getting pleasure from these he, he, it's I don't want to say pleasure as much as it's comfort you know like there's there's this area of his existence where he feels simultaneously tortured but yet at the same time comfortable you think he's comfortable well, I don't think he's comfortable in the sense as you and I might define comfort, like soft pillows and 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 you know, uh, you know, good food. I think a lot of... What in this chapter we see a lot of it's it's really going back to in the first part, right? They talked about the man of action and then the man of of consciousness. Uh-huh. Like, if you if you you go back into there, it's very academic and it's very enlightening, right? We can be in the underground man's mind and we can see his thinking clearly in his own mind. And so he's talking about these concepts like like taking action and having first causes and second causes. And it all sounds so amazing, right? I mean, it all sounds so uppity and academic, right? <laughs> well, it's like the... You get into now here. It's it doesn't look as pretty when it's it's in real life.
1: Yeah, when it's acted out. When <laughs> when it, when all of his thoughts come to fruition, like oh, this is this is not as grandiose as I thought it would be. Yeah,
0: I, I think you know a, a critical way to look at the chapter. Okay, you want to look at the chapter. Remember that, and the underground man clearly states this in the in part one. Remember, the curse of the man of consciousness. Isn't the consciousness itself okay? It's the he can't act. He cannot act. He cannot make this decision because he can see all the all the alternatives, right? There, there's no, you know, there's no, um, there's no final point at the end of the sentence, all right? It's we can see this at the beginning of the chapter. He comes in, and he he um. He's an hour. He's an hour early or he's uh excuse me. He comes in. And he's late, but he's actually early because they move the time right, right. ahead. And so you could say <clears throat> you could look at this a couple of ways. You can sit down and you can say, all right, well, um, the waiters are not going to serve me. Well, in a way, that makes sense. Right. The waiters are not being paid to serve at five thirty. They're being paid to serve at six. Yeah. Um and he also, he also, uh, he sits down and um, he hears the uh, the shouts from the, uh, from beside, the room
1: beside. Yeah. And he gets very annoyed at it all and he starts to make all these assumptions, right? It's probably uncomfortable for him because he's used to being alone in a very quiet, calm environment. And now he's out where his thoughts always outpace his actions anyway. Yeah, that's so right. He's constantly evaluating everything around. It's it, That's the key. I can imagine it. That's the key. It's He's constantly evaluating things. So
0: you can easily say that the waiters are just doing their job and they're not concerned about who's at the table or who's not. All they're doing is what they're getting paid for. Right. Uh, you can also say, uh, you know, you don't have to go to Harvard Business School to figure out, okay, I don't recall the underground man leaving this address for people, you know, saying, hey, you know, if things change, can you uh, reach out to me at this address and let me know so I don't make a fool of myself, you know. Right. So, you can easily say, "Hey, maybe something happened." Maybe, you know, my, that's something that my wife always says to me. And I if I tend to overthink, I'll say, "Well, hey, how about this or how about that?" and she'll say, "Calm down, Tom. It could be a simple thing." You? Same thing here. No. Yeah. As no. hard as as hard as that might be to believe. No. As hard as it might be to believe. <laughs> I know. <laughs> As hard as that is, as hard as it is to admit, it does happen. The um, the uh, so you you don't have to overthink it, but he does, right? And so he sits down, and there's this one part where he talks about the candle. You know, he says, uh, mm-hmm. "Towards six o'clock, they brought in candles, though there were lamps burning in the room. It had not occurred to the waiter, however, to bring them in at once when I
1: arrived." Yeah. minute detail
0: who cares yeah that's exactly it and this chapter shows that the underground man when he leaves the underground and he engages real life right like everything is everything is broken apart and shattered into a thousand different possibilities right so he, he comes in and at first at first he comes in and he says i want to be the first one there and he's upset that he's not but then he is the first one there. And then he becomes upset that he is the first one there. And he, he sits down and he decides that, uh, you know, the waiter, he's upset because the waiters aren't acting the way that he, that he expects them to, you know, or that um, with these candles, right? He says, well, I'm a guest. So they're lighting the candles for the guest. So since I'm a guest and you light candles for the guest, then they should light it for me. Correct. You know, he's not, he's looking at the possibilities. He's not looking at what would be an obvious statement. You know, you can say, because you can say the waiters are being paid for a job and they're just doing their job. And that would be the most likely scenario. And it's one that you can base other actions upon. Yeah. But the truth is, there's no certainty in it. You know, unless you know, there's no certainty in it. And so the man of action, right, the man of action isn't going to overthink it. He's going to act based on what? He based on what he sees, based on what his senses tell him, and the man of consciousness is not going to do this. He's not going to act on his senses. He's going to act upon the the infinite possibility of every action.
1: That pretty much freezes you. It what? Doesn't that just freeze you? Does it freeze me? Yeah, you know, like when you 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 click you click too many. You no, know, I'm talking about not freeze you, but like you're if, talk- some, if somebody actually did this, like well, yeah. the underground man, right? He's doing this. Sure. So. You know like when you, you click too many times on something on the computer and it, like you get the spinny wheel of death? Man. It's almost like this dude has spinny wheel of death. You really do not want me to sleep tonight, do you? Oh, boy. Man, this is going to be a spinny wheel of death. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. sleep you your experience with the spinny wheel of death. Man, the spinny wheel of death. There it goes. So, yeah, I, I feel like that's, that's this dude's constant state is, right. is spinny wheel of death and yeah. it, it just I think when he gets out into society, it you could let it sit there all day, and it's not gonna. It never does anything. It doesn't even go to another screen. It tells you there's an error. Right. You know. Right. Because there's so much going on, he just never stops evaluating every little thing. Like a candle. Who cares? Let me. Right. Here's the. Did did the term fashionably late? Did that like pop into your head at all, when you started reading? Like what time he showed up, as opposed to like what time he wanted to show up? And right. I don't know if it popped into your head, but I was like... Fashionably late. Well, I was like, why Why would you want to show up? The, why would you want to be the first person there? You know how desperate you make yourself look? Right. You know what I'm saying? So if, you're, if your aim is to, you know, you're trying to, like, go for some cool look, you would think, like, I don't know, like, he would act like he doesn't really need him, so he shows up, like, five minutes late, you know? Yeah, right. When, when Here's the truth of it, all right? You want? right? I'm going to give everybody yeah. a secret. You want to know how to be cool? Sit down, everyone. Be yourself, all right. If you normally show up mm-hmm. thirty minutes early, yeah, show up thirty minutes early. Right. If you're usually late to everything, right, be late, but what don't if, don't do this on
0: purpose. Right. What if you text right before you're supposed to come and then ask somebody to pick you up an hour later?
1: You're weird. <laughs> Your name is Tom. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave that one up to the editors see but but that's you being you you've done this so sure. many times I'm like yeah, sure. yeah alright sure. yeah, I'm gonna go be Tom's taxi <laughs> so I'm gonna start metering that thing man <laughs> right there you go gas prices I can't be that's doing right, this that's right man a taxi service so <laughs> call we all <laughs> yeah. hey, shh, keep the name down on the lo- <laughs> on the down low I'm not trying to file taxes on this <laughs> so <laughs> if but just be yourself Seriously. Yeah. Don't put, people put too much thought into this. Seriously. Yeah. If you got a, if you got a photo you're going to put on Facebook, like, you are like, oh, I kind of look fat. Let me retake it. Why? You think someone's not going to see you at some point? And I, I, I give think, the same relationship advice. This, mm-hmm. I think this is one of the biggest problems of the relationships today. Sure. Is when you first meet somebody, the honeymoon phase. Oh, the honeymoon phase. Stop <laughs> hiding everything. Think, think about it. If you're going to spend the rest of your life with this person. Oh, yeah. They are going to know everything about you. Oh, I know. You may as well just lay it on the table day one. You know, we,
0: uh, my wife and I have been married 25 years, and it's funny because we were talking about this or something similar a couple days ago, and we were just like, we were mocking it. My wife, God bless her, she says,
1: she goes, you know, the, um, she goes, you know, uh,
0: it's like I don't even know him anymore,
1: you know. <laughs> well, didn't you say we we change every seven years? We're, we're like taste buds or something. Well, yeah,
0: no, the seven year itch is real, man. I, I, I listen. I can only speak from my own experiences, but I will tell you, I really believe it. The seven year itch is a real thing because you can't stay the same person. You're not going to have the same opinions. You're going to have new experiences, and you're gonna you're gonna formulate you're gonna formulate different ways of engagement okay over a course of time so you get to a point where you're like 7 years you look back i mean listen being married 25 years right so we have photo albums i mean there's a lot of them and and some of them
1: are black know, and white w- well probably
0: some of them have <laughs> dust and that's okay you know we do you check them out and you, you you take them out and they're for my retirement you know one day when I'm in the old folks home and all the kids have forgotten about me and no one calls me anymore and i'm collecting the rust and i'm rusting away <laughs> You know, we could dig out the photo albums and then, you know, look at all the old times when we were relevant. And so, you know, and all those yeah. things. So, But, you know, you can look back on those pictures and you point to it and you say, man, it's almost like a different person. You know, like I'm I'm looking at a picture of some other guy's life, you know. Even though I think in a lot of ways, you know, you, um, I mean, do you ever feel that way? I mean, being in the military and all, you look back at old high school photos and stuff.
1: Oh, I feel like I'm a different person as in uh, there's no way I could walk around in 120 degree weather and carry 60 pounds of gear. Yeah. Now, I, I couldn't let sure. somebody just yell at me. Yeah. When you're not ni- when you're 19, you know the whole yeah. like you're you know you're young and you think you're bulletproof and all that. Right. I that for me, I don't know, it was a legitimate thing. Yeah. I I, I don't know. You you just don't actualize what can happen to you. Right. Then you get older and you're like, I need to carry more insurance. Right, that's right. Right, <laughs> and you get older, and you're like, right. I should have started planning for retirement a lot, a lot sooner. <laughs> a lot sooner, right? Yeah, exactly. Right, a lot sooner. My right? body hurts now. I wonder what it's gonna feel like. Boy, you got that. Wow, man. Wow. I kind of look at Wait, you, now, you? Though, and I was I'm like, to say, you look at what? Well, I look at you now, and I wonder about this the whole seven year thing, and. You, you're like, oh, well, you, you change after seven years you do. And I'm like, do you just not remember seven years ago? No, it's not like <laughs> that, but it,
0: it all comes in increment. See, the thing is, is that, you know, it's like, that's why commun- they always say in marriage, communication is so important. And the reason why, they don't tell you why, mm. is because, you know, it's not you. Your spouse is changing as well, right? So you've always constantly got to be working at connecting with these evolving people. And, and you've got to be able to determine the wheat from the chaff, right? Like the wheat are – these are values that you're going to be – that you're, you're guiding stars, your values, all right, your hierarchy of values that you don't give up on. And then you got all this other minutiae, the way that your values affect the things in your life that, you, that come and go. And there's so much changing going on that you have to work – you know, it's it's you have to put the work in, and the, the work is the communication, and then you're always constantly learning and adapting and falling in love, and you know, falling in and out of love, and and these wonderful these is what's such a wonderful experience, but this is why marriages work, and this is why a lot of people in our modern age, it's junk. They don't want it anymore. It's mm-hmm. a failing institution in our modern in our modern age. Yep, and the reason why is because marriage. By its very definition, at least to me, okay, mm-hmm. is work. You're, you're signing up for work, and you're signing up every day. You're signing up not to make excuses, but to get up every day and to do the work. And, and, and a lot of people, that's not what they're signing up for. They're signing up for the honeymoon period. You know, that's what they want is they yep. want – they're signing up for the honeymoon period. They're signing up for a solution. They're saying, okay, I have XYZ problems, and you have, you know, XYZ solutions, and so we're going to get together, and that means that my problem's going to go away, and yep. right and so they look at it like a they look at it like a um, you know it's like an equation or like a like a, a fit you know and it's not it's work it's every day is work
1: well there a couple of things they don't know what they don't know true enough it's it's hard to uh, have the wisdom that comes with 25 years of marriage man i'll tell you and at, the, at 6 months of dating sure that's impossible true and uh that's true most of us uh i'll I'll speak for me i want to say most of us if you identify with this shoe fits, where I've heard that recently. Um, learn, we learn the hard way. A lot of people, you know, just a lot of people. That's do. great advice. And then we tend to think we know better, and we do our own thing. I mean, mm. we do that with with God quite often. I do, mm-hmm. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. And another word you said a lot of was why. We that's the that's the thing. We have a lot of catchphrases, but people don't understand why we have that catchphrase. Like, honesty is the best policy. There's a catchphrase, right? Sure. Why? Why is it a best policy? Right, yeah. Why? Right. There's reasons behind that. Mm-hmm. And if people know the reasons, a lot of times they don't need to learn the hard way, and they won't learn the hard way because the reasons of why you're doing something kind of, they, they give you an insight as to, the bad things that could happen. And then you're you're naturally going to want to avoid them. It's almost like being able to have the experience without that itch quite being scratched. You know, if it's not going to be a pleasant experience, you're not going to want that itch to be scratched. Not like, oh, I've always always wanted to go skydiving and someone describes to you, you know, why why skydiving is what it is or what it is. And, you know, it's not going to dissuade you. But if you bring to light something, one of those things where, you know, they don't know what they don't know and a light bulb goes off in their head, mm. then it you could very well change their mind, dissuade them, or at least give them a better insight as to what they're doing before they enter into whatever it is they're about to do and the possible outcomes and and this, that and the third. And work is one place where this really shows up. If you're a supervisor, when I when I was a private Mm -hmm. in the military and my sergeant to tell me to do something it you are just not allowed to ask why in the military there's no why Mm. and they have a reason for that i get it but that kind of goes back to not modern fighting um there are there are very rare circumstances in modern fighting where uh you don't have time to ask why what you're you know what what's the purpose? Yeah, sure. What we're doing? What we're doing? Because just because somebody's wearing sergeant stripes, and I know this because yep. I I wore them for a long time, does not mean you always know something. Mm-hmm. Just because I'm dad doesn't mean I always know something, right? My kids have outsmarted me multiple times. Sure, like that we're happens. gonna go do this, this, and this. And like, wouldn't it make more sense if we did this, that, and that? I'm, you know what? Yeah, you're right. Let's do it that way. Yep. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. 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 So that's right. You gotta have a little bit of humility. Um, right. But I always felt better when my sergeants told me to do something. If I, if I was to able to glean some sort of explanation as to why, like what's the purpose yeah. behind what we're doing? Right. Because if I don't know it, it seems pointless to me. Right. In the middle of doing it, I'm not going to be able to figure out any better way to accomplish what it is you're actually trying to have me do. Mm-hmm. You've just given me some sort of description, and now I'm a robot. You, you've You've taken my brain right out of the equation. Yep. No, it's true. Give people the ability to think. That is something in leadership that is lacking today. It's lacking in pulpits all the way to sergeants. It's yeah. In And everywhere in between, the military and religion, everything in between. Leaders want to think for everybody else. You don't want a bunch of computers working for you.
0: Well, it's very interesting how that correlates with the modern age and with the information age. Yeah. Um. And how uh, they, we have these these issues of authority now, you know, because authority has now been decentralized in, in a lot of ways, uh, and so this is we can see this. Um, uh, so, for example, uh, you know, it, you mentioned religion in the military.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, in you know, for in religion, uh, the they say that the. The most important invention in the history of the world the world probably uh but in religion would be the printing press mm-hmm. uh, and that would be when the the Word of God was able to be printed, and then people could read it for themselves, yeah. because previous to that people could not read and sure. so they would um they would go and then they would listen to it being read right and that was something they couldn't do for themselves in yeah. uh, in terms of the military uh we can also see for example uh we have like the um the lowering rates of enlistment. I mean, you must be familiar with this. I mean, we have all-time lows all across uh, every branch of the military.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, part of that's by design, but yeah, part you know, of that part part of it is who really wants to go do that right now.
0: Well, and then that's true. That's true. That also too. I mean, there's a lot of information shared experiences. You know, people don't. Um, you know, things like, for example, uh, uh, things like special specialization and uh, brotherhood. Uh, things like travel, uh, those things can be outsourced via the internet. Um, y- you know, people, these are all traditional reasons for people to leave home and to join the military. I want to talk to different people. I want to see different places. Uh, I want to specialize and I don't have any way, means to specialize where I'm at because you're from a small town. Uh, and these things can all be done online now. Uh, and, and that's only part of the issue. I do understand that. But you can't overstate how much change has come to us from the availability of information and the decentralization of authority
1: oh well, no no it no because people have access even in sales that was a big thing I learned in sales was there's no more like you go to a car dealership and like you don't you don't stand a chance against a salesman the salesman knows everything and um now. You can go online before you go. You Boy. can look at 15 other dealerships. You know what any NADA black book is. You know, forget just blue book prices. You know what these dealers are paying at auction for these cars. That is so true. That and is so absolutely true. That's why a lot of places switch to menu pricing. They, we don't even haggle because that's where they used to be able to make their money. Yeah. Can't even do it now.
0: You know, I've seen places where the salesman, and the salesman's primary job is to describe to the consumer why they're not a salesman and why they don't need salesmen anymore. You know, like that's the primary job, and then you're like, okay, well, now that you're done, what's the next step? Because
1: yep. you, you know, Toyota, Toyota people are there literally just to help you sign the paperwork. Yeah, there, there is no F and I office that you used to go into, you know, where they yep. try to sell you tire warranty and you yeah. know, paint warranty and all this stuff. Sure, no, it's it's the person that takes you on test drive does that. Right. You know, there. It. Yeah. Because and the reason is because we've come so far so fast with technology that yeah i have a phone on my way to the dealership i can call your crap right now right like (laughs) garbage whatever you just said i can refute it right here right 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 here right you know i don't have to be a salesman of 15 years in the business and there are some some of those old guys were good when i used to sell cars yeah in uh, phoenix back in 2012 I i did it for a little bit okay um we took i worked at a a Chevy dealership. They had one side of the road, you had new cars. Other side of the road, you had the used cars. Mm-hmm. Now I could sell you the one, but I was in the used car lot. Mm-hmm. Now, <laughs> the three guys that I learned from were all old school salesmen. And if you're any good at this business, if you've ever worked in it, you're on some type of upper. Okay. Cause you, you gotta work <laughs> 16, 17 hours a day. Sure. But you, th- those people always like, they come to, you know, they got more energy, so they they come to work looking better than me. Their hair's all greased back and stuff. And right. So he picked—he wanted to prove a point to us anyway, this top guy. He's like, look, you guys are making crappy sales, and let me show you something. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you right now. This is exactly how you do it. He picked the crappiest car. It was a piece of junk Chevy Impala, that- and he gave us a 15-minute presentation on the car. I about made an offer when he was done. Is that right? You did about— <laughs> I was like this is actually a pretty nice car. <laughs> like, that's how good this dude did. Right, right, you right. Know? But you can't that doesn't work today. Okay. Right. People are yeah. too savvy. People have access to too much information. That's right. You know, we're, that's we right. people are questioning their own government, rightly they should. Mhm. And um I'm just going to throw this out there cuz you you said that you know that's not the reason for People not joining the military at the rates that they used to is is not uh, entirely inclusive. To the the reason that you gave, yeah, right. So I, I'll I'll make one more uh, reason for that. Sure, you have my generation who came out of Iraq, right. and None of us are speaking positively about that. It's uh, that's I mean, very true. Very true. Who who was joining the military after Vietnam? Right. Im- immediately following. Right. Very good point. Probably not a lot of people looking to do that. Right. Very good point. During Clinton, when they were. You know, you had soldiers on food stamps. Yeah, you know, right? N- not a good look. No, nope. you know, um, and we're, I don't know, it, we're in a softer generation, I think. Yeah, a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. we're in a we're in a generation where we don't like authority. Yeah, you know, um. I guess I could attribute some of it to that, maybe. You know, I, I think we all get older and we all say, like, oh, you know, they don't make them like they used to type of thing. But I don't know. I kind of look at my kid and I'm like, hmm, I don't know. You could quite hack a 12-mile ruck march, buddy. He's <laughs> <laughs> not sure. Right. You know, like if I tell you to vacuum the floor. Yeah, right <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I don't know if you're making it through boot camp for 14 weeks right right you know no i i no, i hear you and it's not it's <clears throat> but we have a bunch of people that they have a, they have access to a lot of information um and so you have people that are trying to be things that they aren't which is what we see in this in this chapter well, it's what you see in the chapter and in the character. We were talking
0: before about remember about the, the knowledge of a thing versus the thing itself. Yeah, yeah,
1: right? yeah. Right,
0: you know. So it's one thing to have knowledge of a thing and then it's another thing to have to actually to do the thing. Right. Uh and so Yeah.
1: Uh
0: you know, we were talking uh, marriage. Uh, we were talking about that as, as a good example. Right. Um mm-hmm. whereas if like being married 25 years I mean, we could probably do a podcast just on that, and we get a lot of people would want to listen to it because there's not a lot of people talking about that kind of experience because people don't make it that.
1: Fast. I was going to say there's not a lot of people have that experience. Well, no, days. a lot of people don't have it,
0: you know. So, you know, by the time I mean, is it's be yeah. really wild. So, um, but yeah, no, it's true. Uh, but it's just to have done it, right? Yeah. But this is exactly what we're. Uh, it's a good example, and, and I do want to bring it back into the book, like you, like like you were you were saying, but. Like with marriage, mm-hmm. so you can go online in a forum, like a Reddit forum, or you can go on like a chan forum, and you can you have people that are anonymous, and so you can go through, and people will anonymously, whether it's in a current marriage or it's in a divorce, uh, a previous marriage, like a divorce situation, they will air out people's dirty laundry, including their own, because it's anonymous,
1: yeah. and you will you get all the dirty laundry. I mean, you get all the stuff okay it's like the county fair if you want to like feel good about yourself you just go there for 10 minutes right yeah (laughs) you know there you go that's a new analogy for for me
0: but uh, i tell you i'm stealing that one that's a pretty good (laughs) one right Yeah, you know, you feel bad about your life. You know, you go to the county fair for 10 minutes, walk around, feel a lot better, right? (laughs) So, you know, you go on the, you know, you you feel bad about your marriage. You go on to Reddit and you got a bunch of anonymous people telling you, and it's like a fire hose, right? I mean, it's like, it's not, it's not like, I want to read about the bad stuff. No, 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 you don't get the bad. I want to read about the wild stuff. No, no, no. You want, you're going to get all the stuff, okay? And it's coming out the fire hose and it's aimed right at your face and it ain't stop. It's, it's all the stuff. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's not like a little bit or, or like this much of the stuff. It's all the stuff. So you get all the stuff and it's there and you get to experience it, right? Like you get to you get to read about it and live it and, and and personify yourself into it and you get to read all of your own life experiences into it. And then you get to analyze this and you get to do this all before you're doing the thing, right? So you can enter so before you're thinking about do I want to ask this person if they wanna marry me and, and spend the rest of their life with me, you're processing all these things before you're popping the question. So you have all this knowledge of a thing. Without actually having ever done the thing, and so this is where marriage—this is where it, it goes—it falls apart from marriage, because part of the beauty of marriage is experiencing the thing, right? Like the ring is the like the the honeymoon's great. Like the ring is a great thing, right? But the ring means that, like it's it, it, see, it's not just like it's not just like the wedding ring. The wedding ring is like it's kind of like that. The ring, like in the movie with the 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 the, the, go, the Gollum character, right? The one you know, like the. uh,
1: uh, if you're on sci-fi, you're gonna miss me with this. I no, promise. No, that's right. Oh, that's right. No, it's like uh, the Tolkien and the Lord of the Rings, right? Okay.
0: With the golem and, and the and the the little people running around and that, okay. that whole sort of thing. Okay. So anyway, anyways, so it gives you permission, right, to experience all the good and all the bad. And when you experience the bad, you have to fight. You have to fight through it. You have to you have to learn. You have to become smarter, more empathetic. You have to live in other people's shoes. You have to be able to quell the worst of yourself. You have to be able to find things that are part of yourself that you didn't know existed. And you have to do all the work. And when you do all the work, right, then you have to go and you have to... You have to fight it out, and then you have to get that victory. And once you've gotten that victory and you've built up your spouse and you guys – and then you're able to move on, that is a – that goes in the family trophy case, you know, because all that wisdom that you gain through that process goes to your children, goes to your grandchildren, goes to your community. It goes to everywhere, you know, and, and it doesn't stay in the house. It, it it permeates through. So all these experiences that you, you yourself subject yourself to, right? Oh, yeah. They build – they build something that is so the and these bad experiences are easy to explain. They're easy to explain, easy to quantify, and they're easily experienced, right? And, and, and personified into. Mm-hmm. But what you gain from doing them, what you gain from the thing, not the knowledge of the thing, but yep. the thing itself. Yep. That stuff is difficult to quantify. It's difficult to personify yourself into. It's difficult to explain but yet that those are the things that permeate through culture that permeate through the years they give you a sense of permanency beyond yourself beyond your children and beyond your community which is what everybody seeks and so those are the things that that you experience but people don't want that people go to they go to 4chan they go to reddit yeah. they they read all the stuff they process it all and they go you know what I just read about all these things that you and I could go through in the next 20 years, and honestly, I'm exhausted, and I can't stand the sight of you, so get out, right? And there's no more relationship. There's just an endless battle of the sexes, and marriage is going right into the tubes.
1: Or it could never happen to me.
0: Well, yeah, I guess, and you could say that. You could say, or but then, you know, you do get a lot of disappointment, though. I think that when when people do kind of experience that, you need a little bit of pressure, I think, to get people get people to fight through some of that
1: stuff. Well, what I am saying is, you have you have one of the two extremes. You either have somebody who yeah tries to research what marriage could be right, and still ne- neither one of these groups have the experience. That's true. Or you have the people like me who were just I am I am just too lazy to do it. I am just like, yeah, this seems like it'll work. Perfect. Good. And I found a solution to my problem, um, you know. And then, you know, you enjoy the honeymoon phase, and then, yeah, you make it through. After that, well, then you mean you make it through. I mean, you I make think it through. I don't, I don't know. How how does anybody know? Okay, like mm-hmm. so, somebody does the research, right? Whatever, whatever the research is, okay. Okay, okay. I don't, I don't think Reddit and 4chan is What's like. Up? God was like, you need to go to Reddit and then check on... Fork, no, no, right? I, I'm not making... Scroll down to this user's name. No, no, no. And then make a covenant with that person. No, <laughs> no. And no. then you shall not put it asunder. No, I, I don't think... <laughs> huh. I, I don't believe that's the way it works. Um, but, I, so I don't... I, You know, it's like, uh, I don't know. It's like a Reese's, man. I don't think there's any wrong way to, to eat a Reese's. You know, I, you see some people that they met and uh they were dating for a month and now they've been married 50 years. You know, I know yeah. a couple high school sweethearts, yeah. Yeah, I know a couple like that. Yeah. I mean, I made it 13 years right. with my high school sweetheart. Sure. Um so I can't say that I know anything uh beyond what that is, but um that's quite the long time for somebody who's 15 years old when they meet this person to actually stay with them for 13 more years. Yeah. You know, I mean, you, I still don't know anything, you know? You never stop learning. You're not going to tell me somebody when they're 65 and right. they've been married for 40 years, they just don't argue anymore because they have all this wisdom. No, because you Lying. change. Lying. No, because you change and you're always going to have to, you always have to grow with people. Yeah. Yeah, so nobody, I don't think anybody has all the, all the everything figured out when it comes to, to marriage. I, I, you are a a so many people say you're a product of your environment. I think you're a product of what, I think you're a product of your environment to what extent you allow your environment to affect you and in what way you allow that environment to affect you. Yeah, yeah. You can it, either reject knowledge or you can accept knowledge. It does, I think, a lot of times go back like to, I mean, if you go back <laughs> into the book
0: and, and our character here, you know, is yeah. is that to your environment, right? Like, the uh the to everything for to the underground man everything in life is it's kind of like it's it's it always comes back down to that consciousness versus the man of action all right like the the man of okay so you know, it's it's interesting that you talk about marriage and you say, okay, well, you know, you get married, you go to the honeymoon phase, and then you're, and then even after so many experiences, so many years, you're still kind of like, okay, like what what happens now, right? You're only thinking about that one thing, you're thinking about that action. Yep. You know, it's very interesting. When I I I spent many years, I, I had a 15 year um, career in convenience retail and convenience stores, and during that time. I'd have some dark times. I mean, some real dark times. And, um, you know, long commutes home and uh, after long days. And I'd get pretty dark um, Mm -hmm. just driving home and and ruminating over things. Mm -hmm. And there were so many times, um, so many times that I could have just made a decision. I mean, really, I mean, I could have quit, you know, and I could have left. And ultimately, that's what I did. And so to make a long story short... Ultimately, after 15 years, I transitioned out of the industry and it was scary and I lived and I survived long enough to actually, you know, talk in front of a microphone and have a podcast, which is pretty great. Now, I'm not going to say that this was some sort of measured decision where I could have, you know, I, 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 you know, measure five times and cut once and get that perfect decision and make it all work out. Yeah. There was any number of points. All right. Dozens. Of points where I could have been driving and at any point in time I could have said you know what enough is enough I certainly had the experiences to come to that point yeah and I could have just said you know what I don't need to take this anymore and I'm not going to yeah and I could have done that now looking back over it I know that ultimately I was able to transition out and survive so I can look back on it now and say all right I could have done that after a year Mm -hmm. After two years, three years, four years, five, ten, eleven, twelve, whenever, any of those dark nights, driving home, I could have made that decision right then and there. Mm -hmm. I never did. Why? You know, and it's going looking through this chapter, in chapter number four, it's easy, you know, looking at the awkwardness and the cringiness of the underground man in this chapter, it's easy to see why. You look back at your own life, at least I do, I look back on my life. And you can see that. And, like, when reading the chapter, I, I saw myself in the car. You know, you see that, and you see yourself in the car, and it's dark. And you got this, you know, and, and those dark thoughts and those thoughts that you want to you wanna leave. You want to make that decision. And then, you, you know, you say, man, why could I have not made that decision then? Mm-hmm. Just like, for example, the underground man. I mean, right? He can't make the decision to leave. Even when it costs him someone
1: else's money. <laughs> right. even then right? that's pretty extreme yeah, pretty
0: extreme i mean even that i mean when he's made the absolute worst show of himself oh yeah i mean right i mean just bad i mean you know bad stuff and even at that point he he is at that point where he is ruminating decisions all right and, and and it's pretty clear not in this chapter but in the in part one the curse of the man of consciousness is the inability to stop seeing the possibilities right the underground man sitting there and he's you know and, and he everything everything is a possibility him mean, he's got a sherry and he's there and he's, yeah. he's drinking he's getting
1: he's getting drunk there mm-hmm. and
0: he, he makes this uh remember that part there's that part where he makes the toast
1: uh to Zorkoff yeah, on his, on his own. He's not, he's not going to join the others. He, he wants to make his own.
0: That's right. That's right. And so they all, uh, you know, and it's a simple thing, right? I mean, you got the, the one guy, he yeah. says, uh, hey, let's get a toast. And they give a toast. You know, hey, for he's a jolly good fellow. You know, we're going to toast to you. Good, right. you know, good for you. This is the man of action, right? I mean, it's let's have a toast. Grab your drink. Toast. Done. Yeah. Done. Done. Mm-hmm. Right? It's the man of action. Right. And then here's, but then to the underground man, there is no action. There can never be an action. And I think of myself in that car and I think, you know, why didn't I just leave at that point? You know, I actually had to mature. I had to mature as a person. And I had to have, I had to accumulate 10 years of experiences that taught me to be able to move on because I wasn't ready to move on. I was ready to see, I could see the possibilities, but I could not reconcile myself to them in the sense that I could
1: move on. Can you look back and see God's hand in any of that? Or do you really think it was you? Just just you just making the right decisions to get where you are today? That is a very good question. Because I don't believe it in the Holy Spirit just just led me like oh, you know, I've been praying about it and this is this is just what God's leading me to do. You can look back and you can see where God has held you up. We're not profits we don't get dreams that stuff doesn't happen anymore i i would say to answer your question it's a good question
0: i would say that you know i'm not sure because i don't feel like i've you know it's like i think like you said you look back on it and and then you think okay where was god in in these decisions where was god in this and and really I, i i don't God's perspective is different than mine. I don't have that kind of perspective. I mean, at least to look back and to say, um, you know, uh, because I I can't. So, I mean, really, I'm not sure, you know, and I don't I don't necessarily think so. I think to look back one day, maybe at the end of my life, to look back and to see things play out. But I'm not really, you know, I'm not I'm not fully beyond that now. I haven't I haven't yet. I've yet to see that play out. You know, I, I have. Uh, I mean, I, to make. I've made decisions. I mean, I've made decisions in my life. Uh, even you know, to you know, be doing the podcast right now has been a decision-making progress. Uh, so, I think maybe later you look back and then see what God used it for. You know, they uh, you know, say. I, know, yeah,
1: that's that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I I look at Romans eight twenty eight right. Yeah, sure. We we know that all things work to the good. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Right. So I look. At, I look at that and, and I look back and uh was I was I ready to be saved back then? Probably not. I probably wouldn't have the capacity to have the faith that I have now. Sure. Uh, was I ready to meet my current wife back then at fifteen years old? Right. No.
0: Right. No.
1: No. I there's no way you survive the things I survive without God's hand. Yeah. None. Zero. And we're chosen from the foundations of the earth. Uh, I mean, he since before anything ever, he knew who the elect were going to be. And I firmly believe that since we know that all things work to the good, right, because we're called according to his purpose, um, I think he saves us for whatever he's going to use us for and it may be a very very small role maybe a very big role who knows yeah you know you may just be a blessing to somebody at one point in time that's it. Your death yeah. may bring somebody to Christ, right? That may be what He uses you for.
0: Well, you know, it's always the. Uh, it's funny. <clears throat> from time to time, I'll I'll say it. I'll mention. I'll say, well, who who's the guy that saved Billy Graham? Well, God saved Billy Graham, obviously. That's right. But That's right. you know, you always say, who's the guy that that, uh, that uh, introduced that gave the gospel to Billy Graham? Right. Yeah. And no one knows, and I don't know, and and I don't I don't even want to know. But I do know one thing, which is if that guy or if that person. Felt like they left the world as a lonely, insignificant person. That's obviously not true. Uh, you know, and I think that that's true of all of us. I mean, if I... It's really, I think the answer, ultimate answer to the question that you asked me really is it's not up to me. It's up to God. You know, like if I if I went through those experiences so that I could realize something about myself and then say it into a microphone and it blesses, it may bless one person or it may bless one million people. And that's up to God, not up to me. And if it blesses one person because God wanted it to bless that one person, then it's all worth it. And and, and and it's all worth it. Not because I think it's worth it, but because God thinks it's worth it. So I think that one of the reasons why the underground man, uh, acts the way that he does is he has this kind of weird desire from reaching rock bottom. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, um, and I think, I guess just from my own experiences of you wanting to do want like, you know, wanting to do something and then not doing it, there's a bit of a, a, a perverse pleasure, um. For a man of consciousness, in reaching bottom, and and the re, a bit of a masochism, uh, and the reason that I say this, uh, it's not really has to, it doesn't have to do with the unpleasantness or the pain, but I say this because there is a a sense of a forced decision, right? And it kind of brings me back. Uh, remember when the underground man was walking along with a whole incident with the police officer. Yeah. And how that started with a guy that got thrown out the window. Right. Right. Yeah. The, the original fascination for the underground man is this guy who gets thrown out the window. And the the fascination there is that the this guy who gets thrown out the window, he has no choice, right? He's done something. He's reached the point in a series of confrontations where he can no longer act. He has now been someone's grabbed him. He, he he's powerless, and he is now the only action that will occur is he's going to get thrown out the window. There, and, and he needs to prepare for that because there is no other possibility. It's head meets window, and that is it. Yeah, right. And so I think for the man of consciousness, there's this, there's this pleasure in this certainty that I've brought down this this interaction, this relationship has been brought to a point where there are no more possibilities. Yep. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. You see. So for the underground man, this is life. Right. Like for the underground man to ruminate, to have multiple possibilities to consider and play off each other. That's not life. That's underground. Right. I mean, that that's that's being underground and 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 and, and being in, in the apartment and not interacting with people and just having spite and hate. He can do that all by himself. He's just surrounded by infinite possibility. Yeah. So if that's what the underground is, then what can life possibly be? Life lived to the underground man is reaching a point where there are no more possibilities.
1: Yeah. Almost like where everything just has an objective truth that's going to go one way, a a utopia. Yeah.
0: You know, the thing is, like in this chapter, right? Like every time someone tries to flip the script on him, he flips it back. Right. He wants to be the first one there. And then he gets upset because, well, technically he's the first one there. Um, Zirkoff is a good example. Right. When Zirkoff comes into the room and because he's uh, he's he's all he's ready. He's like, I remember he's so happy to see them because of the French people. The French people are screaming and laughing and he makes him so mad that when Zirkoff walks in, he's like, oh, so glad to see Zerkhoff. Like, I couldn't believe they were there and I was just so overjoyed to see them. And the, what is the first thing that Zirkov does? He he extends an olive branch. Yeah. Right? Zirkoff's like, listen, man, you and I have nothing in common. I don't barely know you. Yep. And you invited yourself. But honestly, like, listen, at the end of the day, listen, who I cares. I'm cool. You're cool. Who cares? Let's just have a good time. And and that's the other thing, right? And then of course the underground man who you would think, like, if this happened to you or me, right? We'd be like, hey. This is pretty cool. Like, this is going to work out. Yeah. Right? Like, I just got a friend. All right, Zerkhoff, take a seat, man. Right? You know? So, like, most of us, right? Underground man, forget it, man. He's like, oh, I, I despise this guy more than I ever did. Right? Yeah,
1: because it, it it's not what he
0: was expecting. Well, exactly right. But also, too, remember, if he sits him down, then, you know, um... That uh, third causes start, like, you know, start to become primary causes. He has to start taking people at their word. He has to start assuming good things about people, uh-oh. right? Yeah, uh oh, right. <laughs> you know, but instead, if he's but but instead, what he can do is he can hate Zerkov, and if he hates him, then he starts to create these paradoxes that take away the possibility. Because to the underground man, not having a choice is life. Because if, if it was about having choices, then – because he's got that mind, right? He can sit in the underground, and he's got all this literature, and he can go back and forth in his mind. He doesn't even need people to be friends to have possibilities, you know? So he, like – so anyhow, Zerkov is like, let's just take a seat, right? And he despises him. And, and, uh, and then he, um, and he, he, he mocks him. Uh, he, he, oh, the, that was when Zerkhoff, right? Zerkhoff actually extends an off branch. He says to him, he says, well, if you were early, why didn't you just order yourself a drink? Right. right. Like, yeah. Why didn't you get a meal? You know, right. we could have come in and you could have been sitting on the sofa drinking and hey, yeah. why, why not? Right? Right. right. And the underground man, right? Rather than looking at it and saying, Zerkhoff doesn't know me from a hole in the wall. He has no reason – as far as Zerkhoff is, because Zerkhoff is the one to ask him about how much money he makes yeah. Like later, right? Yeah. So Zerkhoff doesn't know. Zirkov, this he could probably be rich. Zerkhoff's thinking like, well, you got enough money to be here, so why don't you just get yourself a drink? I mean, that doesn't make any I – mean, it makes no sense, right? Yeah. But the underground man, rather than to look at that third cause, right, the underground man is like, no, we're, we're going to go deeper. And he's like, oh, he's judging me. He's like the waiters. The waiters are judging me. You know, the French people are judging me. Yeah. Now Zirkov is judging me. Right, and yeah. so he's so he's, he's he's so he's
1: he he has to overthink everything. Yeah, you're right. When he can't back the situation into a corner, it drives him nuts. Like um, when he insulted uh, Zirkov. He's like, I asked for your friendship, Zirkov. That's right. I insulted you. That's but, right. And Zirkov cuts him off. Right. He's like, you insulted me. Understand, sir? You never, under any circumstances, could possibly insult me. Right. Yeah. That had to irritate the underground man. Uh, yeah, I would think so. That- he's like, oh, my opinion doesn't mean doesn't mean anything. So I I literally can have no effect on them now. None. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Which was th- that was it from the beginning, but he keeps putting his own, uh, his like his own thoughts. He projects them on to other people. Or I think he knows it's not possible for them to ever think like that. But he just wishes they would. He keeps having this sense of optimism that, like, like someday they're just gonna come around and they're gonna see how intelligent I am, and I'm gonna have the place within their group that I want to have
0: well a lot of it goes okay, it back works. a lot of it goes back to what you were saying previously cuz you were, you were talking about that word why yeah. you said a lot of it goes back to that word why mm. so we have this okay the underground man is going to do what's contrary and so he's going to do he's going to do what's contrary and a, a lot of it goes back to this why cuz you you mentioned it you said it when you talked about how the underground man wants to be part of this group mhm well <laughs> what happens here is the underground man so Think about when they go to the sofa, right? They're all, they, they're drinking and they all go and they're, yeah. they're all going to sit down and, right. and, uh, and and they're all going to... Think about this in terms of the man of action and the man of consciousness, okay? So they sit down on the sofa and they start talking. And they're talking about rich people and how much they make. And they're talking about girls that they know and people that they... You know, the things that they want to do and sure. all this you know, stuff. You know, it's very interesting here. I read... Uh, There's a recent article, actually, I read... I read it today before you came to, before the uh, the taxi service came to pick me up. <laughs> and uh, it was very interesting. It, it talked about how the average person spends four hours each day, four hours on 100% autopilot.
1: Huh.
0: Like they're, they're not, like the, the brain's not firing. People are not thinking. You're not critical. If people are not, this is an average of four hours each day. That's not
1: including sleep time?
0: Man, no, it's 24, four hours out of 24. You know, so is it that that uh, so whatever it is that you're sleeping, um, people are on autopilot. So people are are they're not thinking, they're not processing, they're not critical. People are just on autopilot. It's not even something that they do. And it was interesting that when you extrapolate that out to the uh, human lifespan, it comes out to about ten years. Ten years of an average person's life is spent on total autopilot. Now right? I know why my insurance rates are so high. There you go, right? <laughs> why people are not even thinking. <laughs> and it occurred to me that entire processes can happen this way. Like you know, for example, with Zirkoff, right? These these guys are friendly, but they're not best friends. They're right. all they're all they're all very well, they're good acquaintances. Yeah, they have money. They have means, yeah. and they're connected in similar ways. So the guys say, hey, Zerkhoff, let's go and give you a big send-off, right? Right. They're all going to sit down. They're not sitting down at the couch because they're best friends and they know each other intimately and they're trying to share their their most innermost thoughts with each other before Zirkov goes off to war.
1: No, it's surface level. Exactly.
0: And so they're talking about surface-level stuff. And it occurred to me, like, When they're on the couch, right? Like, this is that autopilot, right? The autopilot that people are on four hours a day. Like, Zirkoff and his buddies are all on autopilot,
1: right? They're the ones bringing the average up. (laughs) And so the
0: underground man, right? The underground man could do this, right? He could sit down, and, and, you know, this is where it's the man of action. In part one, the underground man clearly states he's not the man of action. He can't be the man of action. He can never be the man of action, and he despises the man of action. Right. So these are men of action. They're going to sit down. They're going to smoke. They're going to drink and they're going to talk about basic things and they're just going to throw it out there. So the underground man who despises everything about this, right, decides he's going to be the man of consciousness because he can see all possibilities. So there's only obviously one action that you can do. Right. And that's get up and walk back and forth for three hours consecutively.
1: (laughs) Yeah. The like why? Why did not you just sit there? you had to, you had to make yourself obviously awkward.
0: Well, and see this is where it goes back to what you were saying. Cuz you said the underground man just thinks that people are going to, you know, welcome them into their inner circle, right? Here's the rub. This is the rub, right? The underground man, if you're walking back and forth for 3 hours, it's like a cry for help, okay? And what yeah. you're looking for, what you're looking for is I would think here, the underground man is I think I would think that more than anything else in the world, the underground men would want someone to say like Zerkov to say, hey, underground man, why are you walking back and forth and not saying anything like what in the world is going on in yeah. your brain? Right. Yeah. Like what's going on? Because honestly, the underground man has prepared for this. Like that's his moment. Right. Yeah. right. Please like, ask me what's in my head. Man, no doubt about it. Like, I'd love to vent to you. His whole life has been categorizing the infinite list of possibility and the struggle of having to find meaning in a world of useless persistent de- deconstruction,
1: you but know? Again, like that's what I'm talking about where you like honesty is the best policy. That's why Sure. being yourself is always the best thing. He has admitted multiple times. He doesn't even like these people. Yeah, that's right. So find somebody you like, and be that person's friend. Now, he might be kind of an oddball. There might not be too many of matter. I don't know. Get on what is it, 4chan or or, or Reddit? Yeah, <laughs> you know, right. <laughs> Same place you go to find a wife these days, I guess. I, I guess you know? I don't know. Yeah, and find him on there.
0: I haven't done that in twenty in a quarter century.
1: So you okay. guys can sit there and have a forty-eight hour conversation with two sentences, one a piece. You know, that's great. Go find one of them people. Right, sure, sure. You know, don't force. If you force yourself into a group like this, that's having conversations that you don't even like. Yeah, you're not, dude. You can look at that and you can be like, "That's going to be a great time." I'm. T- that's that's the honeymoon phase. Yeah, and for him, it don't even he don't even get into it. He don't even get into it. No, no. he. <laughs> See, this
0: is like it's like that wonderful part of the chapter where he's he, he's thinking, "I need to get my hat, put my hat on, and just walk out of here." Yeah. Right? He knows. Like, yeah, he knows. And and he can see it. Like and he knows that if he does that, there's no repercussions. Like no one's going to come after him for money. No one's going to get upset with him. He's gotten the reputation to ruin. There's nothing nothing ga- there's nothing lost.
1: So what is it? Like this is the most exciting it could get. Like I'm going to humiliate myself all the way down to you know, hey, take some money out of this code. I know you got it in there. No, but and I'm going th- with see, you.
0: This is it. This is it. And this is exactly where we're at, right? This is life to the underground man, right? Okay. Th- here's the thing. Okay, y- you keep assuming certain things, all right? And here's the thing: Dostoevsky is showing us what happens when this sense of nihilism, godless nihilism, is extended to the extreme. So these are extreme circumstances. But keep in mind that the man of consciousness here, this underground man, he cannot come to a decision. Like, he cannot make that decision. We sit here and we go, yeah, he grabs his hat, he walks out, and he, he, he tells these guys to go go go, go flop on sand. Yeah. <laughs> and he just walks down the street, right? Right. Easiest thing in the whole wide world, right? Yeah. Well, to the underground man, he cannot—once he begins the process— He cannot stop. He cannot make a decision. With the policeman, right? He sees he's drawn to the flame. He's drawn to the decision. He sees this guy who's got no choice. And he goes, that guy's got no choice. He's going through the window. And he's drawn to it like a moth to the flame. And every single thing that happens to him... At no point does he make a decision. At no point does he put a period at the end of the sentence. He runs in the police officer. He hates the police officer. He devises revenge. He goes over, he learns his address. He goes over years, two years, this goes on. And he ends up using all of his life savings to buy good clothes. And then he has this experience with him. Every one thing begets another thing because everything begets infinite possibility. And the underground man who lives his life in infinite possibility can only experience what he would refer, and that's what the book refers to as real life, right? Right? real life can only be the man flying through the window because that's the only real life that the underground man himself will accept because he doesn't have an objective truth that permeates every living thing and every basis point for his own reality for his own sense of thinking you know he doesn't have this faith statement you know that is going to guide his his hierarchy of values you I mean he, he knows all the values but he just doesn't have any. He doesn't have any way to to follow them. Yeah. So for that real life, I mean, that real life is always the real life. Whereas we say, okay, real life is emotions or people, right? Not the case for the underground man. For the underground man, and this brings in kind of like that, like a like a Nietzschean argument, right? So kind of like the, and and, and it kind of bringing in uh, bringing Nietzsche to the underground man. It's not. It's not about emotions and people and managing its dominance mm. he has to
1: dominate yeah right i was thinking that same way well I was, I was thinking control yeah it, like very good you, you got he's it he's struggling for you got it anything he just wants to control anything you got it but you know he sits there in the beginning of the book and realizes through i don't know 15 chapters of thought yeah that he can't, that he can't control anything right and then he gets out and tries to practice it and like anything else. If you haven't practiced it, you haven't done it, right? The the knowledge of the object or the thing and yeah. the knowledge of the doing right. hasn't done it. So you're going to inherently going to suck at it anyway. Right, <laughs> right, right, As right, if right. we couldn't tell his social skills were going to be bad. That's right, that's right. You see it acted out here. Pretty poor. You know, uh, so he has no idea what he's really doing. Yeah. Um, and then he's trying to control... At anything he possibly can. Any situation. That's why he backs it into a corner. Any situation he can control, mm-hmm. he wants to control it. But obviously, you don't know what you're doing. Like the toast. Yeah, that went well. Nice job. Way to go. Right. That's right. The toast. Every that- Everything is going swimmingly. Why don't you just stop and just chill? <laughs> right. That's right. That's I don't think he had enough drinks. You don't think so? Is that what it was? Yeah. I, yeah.
0: He, does, he doesn't have enough drinks.
1: Although... They were, remember, they made fun of him though because they were like, you're already getting drunk, you know? (laughs) Oh, no, they did. Yeah. And they did kind (laughs) of see that he was already, uh, that he was already giving, uh, 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 that
0: he was already getting drunk. You know, there's like a, there's, it's like a a cycle, right? So, like, okay. So you were talking about the underground man and his lack of social skills, right? Oh, yeah. So he finds that he needs, he describes how he needs social interaction. Like he stays away, but he can't stay away for long. He has to have that social interaction. So he goes out and then he he tries to have this normal interaction and then he fails miserably, right? He just completely fails, right? Yeah. And this leads to him the next step to this is after he fails, he's always it's always a very predictable pattern, okay? So he always he fails and then he's ignored.
1: Right? Yep. Okay? So once
0: he fails he gets ignored and that's like for example he went to his boss remember he goes to his boss's house and then he sits down and and everybody ignores him and 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 he's yeah, he, he complains about the 12 year old girls and about you know, the people he works with and yeah,
1: who wants to be around you right yeah
0: and they he always gets ignored and then he gets ignored when he goes uh when he goes uh to visit uh, the school the school friends and then he ends up in zirkoff now these guys ignore him
1: yeah that's another catchphrase setting yourself up for failure there you go well, Think about that just a little deeper, and and you'll stop doing it, mm-hmm. right? Realistic expectations, you'll stop letting yourself down. Just think about it. Be like, oh, well, I'm going to go out with these people that I don't like. Okay, that sounds like a bad idea. I mean, you don't even really have to think too deep about that. No, one. no, you don't just have to. Just say it out loud to
0: yourself. You don't have to go to Harvard Business School to figure that out. No. Right.
1: <laughs> this guy's pretty intelligent, I
0: think. Right. You know? He wrote it down. Right. There you go. Right. (laughs) That's right. So when he gets ignored, right, Mm -hmm. his response to being ignored is to dominate the... He wants to control or he wants to dominate. Yeah. Okay. And the reason why is because for the underground man, it always comes down to acceptance acceptance or rejection. Mm -hmm. All right. Because those are the absolutes, right? Like the guy going through the window, you know? So like, for example... If, uh, if the underground man had looked at the guy through the window, he might say, well, this guy is a worm. You know, this guy obviously looks like he can't, you know, uh, this guy looks like uh, he's an idiot brute, you know, and he could not respect him. Or he could be like,
1: that guy looked a lot better before he got thrown through the window. Right, well, true. He's having a way better time. Right, right. With better sucks. Time.
0: But then when he sees him through the window, you see, he sees this as, oh, he's been, he, he's been rejected in some way. He's reached the ultimate. He is experiencing life. Yeah. Right. So to the underground man, those who truly experience life are those that go through the window and those that throw through the window, not, you know, the man of action whom he secretly admires, but despises. Right. Right. right? So what happens is he needs uh, there's this great part in the chapter here uh, and he talks about he says the brutes imagined or excuse me, he says the brutes imagine they are doing me an honor in letting me sit down with them. They don't understand that it's an honor for them and not to me.
1: Right. Yeah, but the problem is, well, for, first I have a question. Yeah. do you, The policeman and the guy gets thrown through the window. Yeah, Which one, do you think he cares which one he is or he just wants to be one of them?
0: I, I think that, yeah, I do. I
1: think that, uh,
0: I think that, I think that he cares. Do I think that he cares, or he just wants to be one of them? You know, he to to the underground man. I think the underground man, uh, for example, a great example is when he's he's walking back and forth, right? He's mm-hmm. walking back and forth, yeah. and so what he's looking for is some sort of dialogue, like, "Hey, underground man, why are you walking back and forth?" And he could say, he could say, uh, 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 well, "You know, what is you what are you thinking?" And he would say something like, uh, "You know," and he does say some things uh, uh, for here. Uh, that I have. He says some things in the chapter, and uh, he says, uh,
1: "Oh, yeah, one of those quotes. Oh, if you only knew what." Well, this is actually in his head; he's thinking this, but oh, if you only knew what thoughts and feelings I am capable of, how cultured I am. He does like that's he wants he wants them to know, Mm -hmm. and he he wants to know that they know. I should say, what he thinks are his best qualities. But the thing is, is I don't know why he's not getting this. They're not going to care. Yeah, but see, the thing ever. here, like, for example, he says, I longed all at once to insult
0: them all in a most frag- a flagrant manner and then go away, to seize the moment and show what I could do, so that they would say, he's clever, though he is absurd, and and, and in fact, damn them all right? He, he's looking for this exasperation. He wants, he wants a finality. He wants to be declared to be more clever. See, he doesn't necessarily idolize action, okay? That's the key here, is the underground man doesn't idolize the man of action. He doesn't say, well, one day if I eat my vitamins and I eat my Wheaties and I pray real hard, I'm going to get to be like the man of action. You know, that's not the case. He disdains the man of action. What he wants is he wants... He wants to the people to say, "Hey, you may be absurd, but you're clever." All right, but so he wants to say, "Hey, underground man, what is what what is going on in your mind?" And he would say something like, "In the part one, right?" He might say, "Well, uh, you know, uh, I I can't accept your, your frivolous conversation because you're just going through the motions and talking about people you barely know." Mm-hmm. And then these people would look and say, "You know, the underground man's got point," you know, and then it would and say, yeah. "What else are you thinking?" Right? Yeah. and then the underground man would say something else and then they would say oh yeah you know what that's also a good point you know and then the underground man might say now that you've seen it I'm out of here and now he can make that decision because he's been you know he's had that he's kind of had that victory so he, yeah. he doesn't want to be it's not that he idolizes the man of action to him is that it's through the exercise of power you know through the exercise of uh, through the exercise of power so you would say, you know, power dynamics, right? He he just is going to say, if I can see all the possibilities and you can see none, right, then, you know, does it matter that you guys can, that you can get things done? You know, does it matter that I have a measly salary? You know, what, what, uh, you know, what, um," for example, he could say, he could say, I don't know who should feel sadder. Is it you who should feel sadder for going through the motions on something that is ultimately meaningless or... Is it me that's that that's worse? Because uh, you know I, I I've you know I've written a book that's going to be idolized as one of the great books in about 150 years, yeah. right? Right. You know, and so that's what he wants to lay it out. Like the underground man is like, I am the underground man. I am this amazing author. People are going to read me and podcast about me in 150 years, and right. I see it all. And you guys are just dumb brutes, and no one's going to know your name if I don't write it down, right? Those are true statements, right? But the underground man is powerless he's totally powerless and he has he has he has has, he's 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 an insect
1: yeah but ultimately i i don't maybe some people don't come to this realization i don't know but i don't think i'm smarter than anybody else i sure i'm pretty sure everybody does come to this realization i don't care who you are you are eventually forgotten by someone if not most people right like and and even if you are remembered right it's for people's own selfish reasons like Michael Jordan, someday when he's long gone. Like he ain't played basketball a long time. Cool. It's fun to watch some of his highlights. Does Michael Jordan affect my day to day life? Not really. Don't care. Right. You know who does? Those in my inner circle. I I tell people all the time, like, I barely have time for the people I like. Like, <laughs> I am not you know. Yeah. Seriously, we're so busy today. I don't I don't know why people want to impress other people. They want this. I, whatever floats their boat, you know if you want to have forty acquaintances i i I'll see people with like twelve hundred Facebook friends I'm like, Wow, like I got like forty well, really, I have like twelve, I don't even know what they're all doing all right well you don't you don't you don't have a life, you work like ninety hours a week, oh, I don't right. even know how you're here right now, uh, me, me neither to be honest, you're but yeah, just, you're cutting into sleep time or something, no, I got a lot of work time there, <laughs> so <laughs> 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 sleep time what's 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 that <laughs> <laughs> i mean i'm I'm retired and I can't find time. I don't know these. I don't know how people have a circle of acquaintances. I'd rather have like two or one really good friend yeah. than like five kind of friends. That's right. You're asking for trouble. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. You're asking for drama. Yeah. You are. No yep. thanks.
0: Yeah, in a lot of ways. You know, so I think for the underground man here is that the rejection is the point, all right, for him, okay? And, and it's here, like, we know, we know what the underground man is like when he's alone in the underground.
1: Yeah. He's he's what? He's he's spiteful. He's spiteful, right? He's
0: miserable. He's spiteful, he's miserable, he's angry, and he's resentful. Right? Yeah. Now these this is where it's kind of like this cycle we like this cycle here, okay? He he yearns for human contact. He doesn't have social skills, he fails, he gets ignored, he controls the situation until the point where he gets rejected, right? into the point where he gets rejected and then once he gets rejected that rejected that rejection fills himself it fills his life all right not mm-hmm. remember we talked about this this real life real life okay previously this is all it, it all comes together as you read the book previously the underground man had talked about the thought world remember he talked about the thought life Yeah, and remember in the thought life, he said he said uh, he said there was there was such such wonder, such love. Remember he talked about and he talked about God, and he said he said I I I, I just I feel such love and such such compassion for my fellow man, right? So you know he's capable of it, but the underground man in his consciousness has separated out this real life experience and this kind of underground experience, whereas. In the real life experience, it fills his life, his real life, his real experience. Right? right. Yeah. Is one of resentment, uh, spite, uh, anger. He's angry. Um, he's 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 very spiteful. Yeah. Uh, and so, the, when this real life experience kind of just fills it right in, because he can't, because it's he is constantly. In this presence of this man of action, and he he get he, he keeps going. At the end of the chapter, when I mean, he they they go off to the brothel, right? Yeah. And then he's he's trying. He, I mean, he's trying to ruin the whole situation. It, doesn't he break down? He, like, he breaks break
1: down, and starts crying or something, or you know. Well, uh, the he has a, he has a plan. Remember? Oh yeah, when yeah. He, he says Simon Simonov, I saw you had money. Why do you refuse me? Am I a scoundrel? And then he gives this like warning: Beware of refusing me if you knew. If you knew why I am asking, my whole future, my whole plans depend upon it. That's right.
0: Exactly. That's right. That's exactly right. What
1: plans are you talking about, you
0: psycho? But he's talking about the thought world, see? He's drunk. I think he's been drinking, so it kind of comes out. But this is like in the thought world. Remember in the thought world, it's Napoleon, right? It's the pope leaving Rome, right? These are the things that he thinks about, these these, um, uh, like— uh, like uh, in literature, right? Like with Zirkoff, like his whole relationship with Zirkoff. Okay, we see it in two ways. There's the literature view where he and Zirkoff are long lost enemies, and then there's going to be like this play for dominance. Yeah. All right. And then he's going to he's going to get to a climax where he's either going to dominate Zirkoff or Zirkoff is going to dominate him. That's the slap. Right, so to the underground man, there is only one reality here. It's underground man and Zerkov, and they're they're going up to an apex. It's very this is very uh, literature based, right? The underground man has read this in literature. The modern man sees this on Netflix. Okay, they see this on TV. They see it. They they see it over and over again in the same shows with different characters and the same lousy narrative. And they see it played over and over again. And then they go on social media, and then they can cosplay it and play act it. Sometimes, you know. But we—that's yeah, a thing. Yeah, you know. So w- we'll see this, right? So the, they'll they'll cosplay it and play act it. But to the underground man, everything with Zerkov is coming up to this climax, and it is a climax based on literature. In the book, we see reality, right? The reality is that zerkov zerkov is actually a, kind of a bit of a peacemaker, right? I mean, he's, yeah. he doesn't want drama. Yeah. I mean, Zirkoff is like, hey, man, like, you and I don't really know each other, and, and we never really did, and I don't understand why you're here. But while you're here, I mean, hey, que sera, sera, right? And let's uh, yeah. do our best, right? Right. I mean, he's actually kind of a peacemaker. And then... How you know you go from that to the point at the end of the chapter, right, where now he's like, well, well Zerk, it comes down to the slap. I'm going to slap it. it's either going to be him or me, And here's the literature, right? The underground man cannot accept Zerkov unless he slaps Zerkov and Zkov Zerk is suddenly suddenly realizes the superiority of the underground man, and he bends the knee, right, yeah. or he ends up taking the underground man, throws him through a window, you know, he has no choice, right. But yeah. either way is like a point of of of, of total supremacy. You know, it's this this point where where because if if Zirkoff bends the knee, then it validates the thought life. It means that everything that happens in the underground, right? It means everything that happens in the underground um becomes validated. Right. And now he it's almost like a blessing that he can leave the underground. It's like saying, Oh, my thought life exists out here, you know, and so he can kind of get out there. Whereas if Zerkhoff, whereas if Zerkov rejects him, he gets rejected, then it's that resentment, the conflict, the anger, the spite that drives him back into the underground. You know, it's like, it's like he is drawn to love in the thought world by the resentment and the spite and the anger of the real world. and he, And yet he experiences such abstract joy and love in the thought world that he yearns for it and he desires it and he seeks it out in the real world.
1: Yeah, well you can find that in people. You just have to find the right friend. But he keeps trying to force it on the wrong people. Yeah, you know, he really He's does wasting his time. Part of it
0: part you know, it's interesting that Dostoevsky writes in in, 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 in relation, uh belief Christian belief in relation to uh, to uh, atheism and 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 to uh, nihilism, but he also uh, there's a bit of an urban versus rural narrative here where we can see that in Saint Petersburg, in this big city, right in this big city, th- there's a bit of a point here where people who live in an industrialized, high technology, high urban environment, these people are existing their ideals exist in the thought world and their experiences are ugly experiences. Whereas in a smaller community, right, and, and you get in that small community that things do become more real. I mean, if you're you're in uh you're in that small community where you're there are not as many people, or you are depending on other people to survive. Uh, our conversation about marriage previously, we were talking about that. That in go back a couple hundred years, rural environment, you should marry because of love, because of survival. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're gonna you're gonna be there for your neighbors. Why? Because you love them. Because of survival yeah okay you're going to be you're going to be contributing to the community because that's how everybody survives right and so you know you have you have this sense of survival and of meaningful knowable contribution and in the city if you're in a city of millions of people of 15 million people yeah right how possible is it to have those kind of feelings and have them feel authentic right the authentic feelings are the road rage, the authentic feelings are 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 the the filth the 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 constant distraction the entertainment and the beautiful things exist in the thought world whereas when you're trying to survive right in say you're just trying to survive in a smaller environment right? You have very quantifiable relationships, right? Those who have give to the have-nots. Those who are surviving help others who are surviving to use in their gifts and their skills.
1: Many members part of the same body. Well, that's, yeah, you hit the nail on the head. uh, In a big city, you're going to have a lot of people that have your skill set and you're very likely not to be the best at it. And the yeah. best is really just subjective anyway. It's not objective. Sure. And Great if you're, point. you know, an inward looking person like the underground man is, yeah, you know, you could be the best, I guess, and still be like, yeah, but there's a possibility somebody's better than me. You right. know, so you could still have that inward looking view. Sure. But yeah, if you're in a rural community, you're likely to have a skill set that somebody needs. And and all of us would like our natural talents to be used. Yeah. It, it feels good to have that happen. Though I can tell you that I don't know. Unless unless I have zero skills whatsoever. <laughs> no. <laughs> it it is all it's the grass isn't greener on the other side of the fence, you know. <laughs> um a lot of the sound stuff that I know how to do is I'm kinda like mm. <laughs> Yeah. No, I find <laughs> it amazing. I, I think it is like the you're like the magician over there. Oh no. You
0: were You're like the like, you're like the magician over there, man. I'd you know, be lost. <laughs> I'd be lost, man. Uh, Way too much credit, I assure you. No, 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 man. Be a clown show. You keep me out of the clown show from there,
1: (laughs) there, man. Don't you that. So, I, I just, I, I think the the grass is not greener on the other side of the fence. You can, like you were saying earlier, you can talk anything to death. Well, you can do anything to death. Yeah, trust me. I don't care how fun you think it's going to (laughs) be. I've, I've mentioned it on other podcasts. You can, it'll get boring. It'll get boring. Just like that hot girl. Somebody's sick of her.
0: That's right, right? We've talked about that. That's right. That's right. Somebody somewhere is sick of her.
1: Yep. Trust me. Yep. (laughs) That's it. Right, 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 right. It's So. so true. It's so true. But he has this optimism at the end of the chapter where he's... Oh, he's got it because. If he ain't going to be friends with him, he's going to slap him in the face. Well, there's just more
0: possibilities now. And see, that's the thing is like he. Because he wants to get rejected because of the money, you know? Like, okay, he's going to reject me and I'm going to go in the street and I'm going to be. And
1: no way this guy's going to pay for me. That's right.
0: And then all of a sudden, Uh. he's got seven rules thrown at him and he's like, oh, man, now now we got all these possibilities, right? So now the whole concept of being able to push (laughs) the envelope all the way until you've just gone too far, until you've broken and dominated everything, that all that's left is just. Anger and resentment,
1: spite. It's like when you want a monopoly game to end, but you just passed go and you got an extra two hundred bucks. You're like, ah, oh. man, what? wow, man, went on for eight hours. That's
0: right, there it is,
1: there you, it is. You managed to land on Baltic. You're like, I'm, I got ten bucks left, but I just, I can pay you. Right. This is stupid. There's
0: two. that is like two unbelievable analogies. You had the analogy about the what the county fair. Right, yeah, The yeah. county fair and Monopoly. <laughs> that is pretty good, man. Got right. Mr. Stephen Hot with the deuce today. Yeah. He's got two of the best analogies <laughs> I've heard. All right. That's pretty good. Well, oh, from, from me. <laughs> All <laughs> All right. time out. No, that's pretty good. Make <laughs> sure are, we're not comparing that. To. Those are some two good analogies right there. I like them both. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is chapter number four today, and we will join you once again for chapter number five. This ought to be interesting. We're going to join you from the brothel, live from a brothel. What do you say, Mr. we Should we attempt this or? Probably not a good idea, probably. you talking about your usual not, spot? No. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> probably not a good idea. From Blunderground Studios. All right, we will join you next time. Thank you for joining Tom and Steve on the Blunderground Railroad. Join us next time as we seek to travel from ignorance to knowledge. And check out their other podcasts, Notes from
1: Blunderground and the Digital Blunderground. See you next time.